Guys, joining us to react to the action from UFC 265 is the voice of WWE Monday Night Raw, host of Series XM's Unlocking the Cage and UFC Fight Camp. He's kind enough to join us right now. Jimmy Smith, welcome back to Submission Radio, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, it is all our pleasure, man, especially considering how late it is over there where you are right now. And um, the presses haven't even started at UFC 265, so this is a completely fresh take. i got to get your thoughts, man. I'm I'm so pumped about this Garn win. Mm. I know that Twitter is kind of maybe divided, saying maybe it wasn't the most uh, exciting fight. Dude, I loved it. I love seeing his composure. I've never seen somebody be <laughs> so unfazed. Oh, come <laughs> on, you're bored, Jimmy? You, you were bored. You weren't impressed. No, it wasn't. I thought Gon did a great job. I, I don't want to take it. Cyril Gon did. Hey, he looked sharp. He looked accurate. It's pretty easy when the other guy isn't throwing any punches. And that's, to me, the disappointing letdown of this fight, right? We all want to go, man, great performance by Cyril Gon. And it was. It really was. I could have done it. He, Derek Lewis landed two significant strikes in two rounds. It was insane. He just didn't throw anything. And so he let Sirogan get comfortable and get comfortable and get comfortable and then take him out. And so the two stories of this fight are going to be, man, Sirogan looked good. And my God, Derek Lewis didn't throw any strikes. This is the least active we've ever seen, or at least, I, I don't know, statistically the least active we've seen him since um, the first god-awful Francis Ngannou fight. That was the killer to me. I thought, you know, Gan looked great, but... How do I judge that against somebody who 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 had no significant offense the whole fight? But I'm curious though, Jimmy, from your perspective, what was it that stopped Derek from throwing those shots? Because, I mean, Daniel was talking about the fact during the broadcast it's in his hometown and there's a lot of pressure to mm -hmm. go with that. But then also you would know from obviously your fight career and breaking fights down, the way that Garn was in that fight, the, the, the pressure that he sort of put on Lewis and the fact that he had that stance and was already sort of ready to go, it kind of looked like it threw Lewis for a loop a little, like he had no confidence in there that he was going to be able to land anything. You know what's underrated in, in, especially in combat sports, but in sports in general, but especially combat sports is consistency, right? The all-time greats just performed, man, every time. It was like, man, GSP always looked good. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had obviously lost to Matt Serra. And, and when you look at the all-time greats, they it isn't, man, this guy and this guy and a home crowd and this guy had a weird style and this guy looked funky and this guy, well, okay, sure. If you want to be great at this, if you want to be great, and not just at this, at anything you want to do, you want to be a great broadcaster, it's not, well, this fight, the, the fight I was calling was in a, in a stadium. I'm used to something a little smaller. This one was outdoors. And yeah, you're going to face a lot of different conditions. You can't allow those to completely negate the way you fight. So anything we say about Serogan, yeah, Serogan came out with a funky style, but he usually does. Oh, man, he was light on his feet. Yeah, but he usually is. Derek Lewis not being prepared for that is kind of inexcusable. Not that, you know, winning and losing, you're not always going to win. It's not that. It's having no offense at all because of the pressure of your hometown or anything we say about Gon's style. It's, it's, I, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, he may have folded because of the hometown pressure, but, you know, the elites don't do that. And you wanted to be amongst the elite. And, and, and that's the way I see it.
I love it. I love this hot take, Jimmy. This is just great. I, I can't get over how composed Garn was all week, you know, during the, the mm. final face-off. Yeah. Like, Derek looked nervous in the fight, and Garn looked like a guy who was laying on the couch, and his buddies just asked him if he wanted to grab a burger. And he's like, yeah, i got nothing else on. Like, one, I've, never, I've never seen somebody so unfazed by Derek Lewis's power. You know, you always see opponents who have that look in their eyes like, I know that he can just basically kill me at any given moment. And Garn was in control for the whole time. He he said he was going to do a master class and it was. Daniel Cormier is talking about how he's like the new evolution of heavyweights. I almost feel like he's when he's when he's got that stance and he's bouncing on his feet, he's like a almost like a Robert Whitaker with a more narrower yeah. stance. What what do you make of, you know, those comments that maybe he is the next evolution of a UFC heavyweight Jimmy? We're going to find out real quick. Yeah. We're going to find out real fast, right? Because you are interim champion in your 10th pro fight. I, I think this belt, you know, isn't worth the, the, the brass and leather it's made of. But uh, it, it means you're facing the champ next. And we're going to find out real quick if you are the evolution of the sport. Yeah, heavyweights generally don't move like him. And I think maybe he's in that sweet spot of experience where, you know, 9-0, you're real confident. You don't know what you don't know because you haven't needed to know it yet, right? You, you really just haven't needed it. And so he's confident, doesn't feel he can lose. He feels that he's uh, he has physical tools other fighters don't have, which is true. You know, he, he's, he's light on his feet, athletic, switches stances well, confident, pinpoint accurate, good range, knows when to attack, knows when to finish a fight, knows when to get it done. And he's been composed in there against much – I don't know about better strikers, but Rosenstrike and Volkov, his last two before Derek Lewis, were much more experienced than he was in terms of their their striking credentials, and he was able to negate their game. So he has a skill set other fighters don't have, and he doesn't believe he can lose. And believing that is everything. And right now, Gon has that. You talk about that relaxed attitude, it's because, hey, nothing's gone wrong yet, right? It's interesting. So the next fight is supposed to be against Francis Naganu, but also he knows Francis so well, Jimmy. I mean, they used to train together. We've seen the clips of them sparring. Do you really believe that Francis is the real test here to tell us where Gan really is? Or do you think it's down the track if he does beat Francis when he's versing guys like Stipe and John Jones and these guys who are bringing a different dimension to the fight game with him, which in a lot of cases will be that wrestling and that grappling and the mixing in together with him to sort of make things interesting. John Jones, maybe, right? We don't know the X factor of John Jones at heavyweight. That is, I mean, I don't know. You don't know. No one knows. And so the interesting thing to me is, will Stipe be the, if he beats, and especially if he dominates, especially if he blows away Francis Ngannou, hey man, you're the man who beat the man who beat the man. I, I you know, I gotta say you're at the top of the heap, right? Um, would Stipe provide something different? Maybe, but John Jones would be the big, are you really great? Or, you know, let's say he blows away John Jones. A lot of people say, well, John Jones is a natural light heavyweight coming up to heavyweight. If he beats Francis Ngannou, a guy who's been running roughshod over the division. If he is able to do what he did to Derek Lewis to Francis Ngannou, I'll call him the, the evolution. I'll call him the future. I'll call him the best. Beat the champ. He deserves it. So would there be other tests? Yes. But Ngannou's the big one, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I almost feel like... Um I kind of see what Dennis is saying with like Stipe being the bigger test because he brings the wrestling. And then in Ganu, like, you know, you see the clips of them sparring and like Gan's doing pretty well, if not getting the better of, of Ngannou. If, if you were doing sort of early looks at that fight, who do you think comes out victorious of, of Gan and Ngannou? 
It's that's that's a tough one. It really is. Um, always take sparring with a grain of salt. I mean, I uh, it's 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 you know it's one of those things where you know you're trying to help each other out. You're trying to learn. You're trying to this. You're trying to expand your game. You're trying. You know, when when Cody Garbrandt came out, oh, I dropped T.J. Dillashaw on sparring. Well, he knocked you out twice. It's 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 a different world. So I I I understand they can give us clues, but it's also you know teammates trying to help each other. It's not a fight. So you have to take it with a grain of salt. Um, could Stipe bring something different at his age? A prime Stipe is different. I think we're seeing a Stipe who just the years and the wars and the slugfest and all the stuff he's done over the last few years is starting to catch up with him. I saw a guy who was um, who had slowed down a little bit against Francis Ngannou. Could Stipe give him different looks? Yes. Could he be more persistent with the takedown? Yes. Uh, but I think the I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't qualify a, and also it could be if he beats Francis Ngannou by dramatic knockout, we could all be sitting there going, oh my God, that's amazing. I, I wouldn't qualify his win over Francis Ngannou by saying, oh, they were sparring partners and he knew what was coming. I wouldn't necessarily say that. Stipe might be a different kind of test. I don't know if he'd be a bigger test. John Jones is the big X factor looming down the road somewhere if they come to terms financially, which I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah, we'll touch on that in a second. But just on sparring Ngannou, I guess to your point, how how different do you think it is sparring Ngannou or fighting Ngannou? Because he's he's got that crazy power, and that's not something that you really use in sparring. You don't want to hurt your friends. So it, I guess to your point, it could be a case where Ghana experiences something drastically different compared to when they used to spar. It depends. You know, you know, certain sparring partners, depending on the kind of sparring partner you are and the kind of practice you're doing and all stuff, they'll turn around and put one on you. They will. You know, it's it's one of those things where you're like a powerful guy is going to hit you hard. They they just do. Um, they don't hit, you know, fight hard, but they hit hard. Also, the the way he sets up his strikes, the way he moves, the things that that make that power work that are unique to Francis Ngannou. Gan's seen that before, but Gan has an interesting style that is hard to get used to, and Francis Ngannou has seen that a million times. So it, it it's a blade that cuts both ways for sure. And in terms of what you want to see from Ghana, I mean, to really convince yourself, all right, this is the next sort of the next guy at heavyweight. What do you want to see from Ghana? And what 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 aspect of that Naganu fight do you want to see him handle? Is it the fact that Naganu, well, we're guessing would be very aggressive in that fight? I mean, there's still the questions we've seen him versus Derek Lewis. Does Ghana go into a Derek Lewis type situation where he throws a couple of shots and finds himself a little bit lost? Is it as aggressive as all the other gun fights that we see? Has he been in trouble yet? Not really. When you look at Volkov, you look at Rosenstrike, you look at this fight against Derek Lewis, there wasn't really a moment in that fight where I go, man, he's behind in this one. He's got to turn it up. we got to see something. we got to see something special, right? We have to see your heart. We have to see your guts. We have to see your grit. I haven't seen any of that. And when I will be not convinced, but when I will go, okay, this guy really has something, when Ganu connects with a good one or hurts him, and he has to make an adjustment on the fly, uh, compensate for being hurt, compensate for, the, compensate for the other guy's power, come back and win, that's big. This is a guy who's an excellent fighter, but he's also been ahead so far, right? He's the, the horse who's out in front, gets a good start, and is never behind. When you're behind, that's when we say, okay, do you really have the, the jets to turn it on? That's going to be the interesting part to me for Gon. If he gets hurt by Ngannou and has to come back, that's going to be interesting. I feel like it's something that, you know, we don't really need to cover too much, but just always pops into my head when I watch this. And that is the fact that 
Um, when you watch these fights, Jimmy, do you ever think about the fact of what would happen if DC was still around at heavyweight? Like when I think of DC gone, when I think of DC Francis, when I think of, you know, obviously we've seen his series with Stipe. It's just hard for me not to go past the fact that, you know, if this guy was still around, he probably has a very likely chance of beating these guys, of still being the champion. Do you ever think that when you watch these fights? I do. Um it's certainly possible what DC had was a combination of of wrestling and underrated striking that that it will just is an issue for everybody. When I look at Derek Lewis, when I look at Cyril Gaon, when I look at Francis Ngannou, uh, Stipe is the only, as you said, Stipe is the only one who uses the takedown really that well. When you look at the guys who Stipe beat on his way to a historic title run, um, after Cain Velasquez, there really weren't any great wrestlers involved. Um, of course, Fabrizio Verdum, a great grappler, a great jujitsu artist, but that great Division One wrestler really wasn't there until DC again. So that's the deal that you wonder about is DC brings a skill set that other guys just don't bring in this weight class right now. So yeah, if you were still around, it, it would certainly be interesting, but he's also really undersized for a guy like like Cyril Gaon is a lean, big heavyweight. So it's 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 interesting the wrestling aspect that he brings or would have brought if he were still in it. Yeah, and uh, obviously there's a lot to unpack in terms of like what's next and, you know, John Jones, Stipe and the, the whole politicking side of things. But, you know, between the options, let's say it really is Garn versus Ngannou next, as opposed to Derek Lewis. Do you feel like the UFC won here? Because, and I want to shout out to MMAI, the, the channel who made a great video on Fernand Lopez, Garn's uh, coach and arguably the godfather of MMA in France, who also highlighted, you know, how much that guy worked to legalize MMA in France and also, you know, painted a pretty amazing picture. So now you've got Garn, uh, Lopez's current star pupil against Nganu, his former star pupil. It's like a Jedi apprentice, part of one kind of whole thing. And if they can get it done in France, which is a massive, you know, question mark with, you know, the whole global climate, but it would be a massive, massive fight for, you know, French MMA. And I just think the intrigue of it, two sparring partners go going out. I think it's more intriguing than the Derek Lewis rematch. What do you think, Jimmy? I agree. I agree. And also you have an undefeated guy, Right. You yeah. have that young up and comer versus the established veteran who's knocking everybody out uh, the the issue right now is I talked to Francis and this week and he said it's been radio sounds from the UFC since um, since they announced this interim fight. I haven't heard anything at all. So it's a matter of kind of getting back to the drawing board with Francis and Dana White with this whole interim title thing kind of hurt their relationship. And so we'll see how that goes and when it goes. And but I think this is better for the UFC than a Derek Lewis fight. Cause remember how bad the last fight was and gone looked great and Lewis looked terrible. So the right guy won all that's important. Yeah. You did a great interview with uh, Francis, by the way, on your show on Sirius XM. What was your big sort of takeaway? And I know that he mentioned radio silence. Is that to be expected given that UFC 265 was this weekend? I imagine all the plans that we made after, you know, finding a winner. But what was your big takeaway from chatting to Francis and how this has all been handled? Um, it's really bugged Francis. That that's his, that, that was my takeaway from it was, he goes, I didn't expect any of this. I didn't think that, you know, hey, you know, I'm in Cameroon for a little bit. I'll, I'll be back at the end of summer. And they went, no, we want your early summer. And he says, well, I can't. And they go, okay, fine. We're having an interim title. Like, that's, what? That's that's how you treat the, the heavyweight champion who, um, has the potential to be a real crossover star. I was knocking everybody out and doing everything you asked. And wow. And it was in the latest Fast and the Furious. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that. So, yeah, I mean, this is a guy who has a lot of crossover potential. And 
it, it you know what I'm saying? Why, why are you trying to get to the top if when you get to the top you get treated like that? And that's kind of yeah. how Francis, uh, to me, sees that. And and yeah, it was a real surprise to him. It was a real letdown. It was a real disappointment. And you know, the UFC kind of mending that situation is a big part of what happens next. But if you saw the opening of the UFC, it was. Francis, oh, when he wants to come back, when he's done taking vacations, there's a montage of him like trying on suits and in a sports car and stuff. And, you know, it's an intentional slight against Francis Ngannou. And, you know, they, they got to get past that. Hmm. It's interesting because we, we, he's had a little bit of issues with Dana White before he even became champion. And I almost feel like there's something going on there that we don't know about. But it almost feels like, I mean, not almost, it definitely feels like the UFC is really just trying to send him a message early on in his title career that then just, just basically gonna try and control everything and not let him take any vacations for the rest of his life but let's break down the fact that dana said that stipe has accepted this fight with john jones because obviously stipe signed the contract but do you really believe that if john jones comes back nagano gets to fight gun first before he fights jones or do you believe that contract gets thrown out the window and they just throw john jones straight in there with nagano as soon as they can make a deal I don't think John Jones takes any other fight. So he he said that he doesn't want to fight Stipe. It seems like a Dana White bluff. It's yeah. You know wh what's the mo, guys? Oh, Stipe side. John Jones is just scared. John Jones just doesn't want to fight. No, he wants to fight and gotten for a lot of money. And anything else is unacceptable. So the 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 idea that oh we have Stipe, he's ready to go. Yeah. He, can have anybody ready to go. John Jones doesn't want to fight anyone with Francis Ngannou. He doesn't want to fight for less than a lot of money. And until those things are remedied, we're not going to see John Jones fight. I don't think we ever see John Jones fight again. I re I really really oh, wow. never. Yeah, I don't I don't think we see him again. So it's it's someone has to give in in terms of the money in the fight. And the UFC has no motivation to do that. John Jones gave up the light heavyweight title, so he can't hold up a division, right? So it's. It's I don't see either either party. I don't see either party giving in at all at this point. So I don't think he fights Stipe. It doesn't matter what Stipe wants. It doesn't matter what Dana White wants. John Jones doesn't want to fight anyone with Francis Ngannou for a lot of money. Wow, man. If he never comes back, that's got to be the saddest thing that's <laughs> ever happened in combat sports. Let me just ask you this, though. If he did come back, let's say Gan fights Naganu and Naganu loses, right? Which is you know, a fair outcome that people Possible. think could happen. How much do you think of a loss is it? The fact that they couldn't make this John Jones Nagano fight. How the fact that it never came together at that stage. Loss for whom? I guess the fans, the fact that it's a big fight. And honestly, it reminds me a lot of boxing, Jimmy. How there were big fights around that could have been capitalized on, but never happened because of politics. Right. But keeping down payroll is more important for the UFC. And that's something I've said over and over and over again, that like letting go of this fight or this fighter, in this case, John Jones, is is more important than. Than in terms of, of keeping payroll down, than whatever we get out of this one big fight, whatever we get out of John Jones for the rest of his career, cutting this out and making sure that payroll stays at a manageable level as far as UFC sees it, that's everything that's worth John Jones. It's worth this fight. It's worth anything. And uh, Dana White knows that he's just he's a businessman. He gets it. When you look at the numbers John Jones generated uh, in terms of pay-per-views, a lot of other champions would say, "Hey, I generated those numbers too. Where's my money?" 
And in order to keep that from happening, he's willing to cut off John Jones. He's willing to cut off John Jones versus Francis Ngannou or Cyril Khan or anybody else. It's more important to keep payroll down. That's what he's going to do. Just on John Jones and whether he does or doesn't come back, we spoke to Randy Couture the other day, and he, he made a very, very, very good point, which is that he, in his battle with the UFC, he realized that time just wasn't on his hand. Uh, and he basically, they were trying to bankrupt him. They were going to drag it out as long as possible. And he realized if he's going to fight, he needs to basically do it now before he gets too old to compete. Do you think John Jones might come to a similar realization? Because he's a pretty young guy. He's what, 34 years old. Mm -hmm. um, I almost feel like he's, and, and you know, a bored John Jones is not really a great John Jones. <laughs> I almost feel like at his age, he's going to want to do something that, you know, he does enjoy and does and gives his life meaning. I almost feel like at some point he's going to be like, you know what, I, I do want to come back and fight because life's kind of boring without the attention and, and you know, achieving these things. Possibly. But he's going to have to cave. Randy caved. He's got to cave. You know, he's, he's got to just go, OK, fine, I'll do it without the money. I'll do it. I'll do a different opponent. I'll do whatever it is. And does he have enough? Is he satisfied enough to 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 go there? You know, is he satisfied enough with his legacy and the money he has put away or whatever investments he has that he doesn't have to do this anymore? That's a big part of it. That's yeah. almost everything. If John Jones can say, all right, I've done everything I need to do. I'm content walking away. The party that can walk away always has an advantage in negotiation. Who is that? I think right now it's, you know, it's it's both of them are willing to walk away. And will John Jones ever come back and go, OK, you know, it's 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 I'll do another fight. Well, he sat out all of 2021. His thing about, oh, a champ in 2022. Okay, you lost a whole year now. How is next year going to be any different? The only way next year is different is you take less money. And I don't know if that happens. Can you think of a fighter that is as great as John Jones that cut his career as, as in his prime? In your mind, does anyone pop up if that really happened? Like, would, does John Jones take that number one ranking? It, out of boxing, out of MMA, out of anything. A fighter in his prime. Like, I'm thinking Ali when he couldn't fight because he didn't go in the army. And there was that period where we didn't know if it was going to happen. Obviously, I wasn't around for that, Jimmy, but just going in the history <laughs> books. But I'm just trying to literally think of a dominant champion, someone like that in their prime, who just didn't come back to fight because of the politics, because they couldn't get on the same page. GSP, you could argue, was still obviously the oh, yeah. the... the the Johnny Hendricks fight, I, I thought he lost that fight. A lot of people thought he lost that fight, but still, I mean, came back and beat Bisping for the 185-pound title. I mean, still extremely capable. Um, he had a lot of miles left on him. Um, that's about it. Muhammad Ali was was forced out. It wasn't – he had no choice in the matter. He didn't walk away. You know, mm. he was stripped by the athletic commissions involved. Um so there's that. And of course, he ended up coming back. So he would be, without a doubt, the greatest combat sports athlete to to walk away. Uh, Floyd Mayweather, you could argue, still had some fights left in him. He retired, obviously, undefeated. Uh, Rocky Marciano retired undefeated, um, was training for a comeback. Um, and then obviously tragically died in a plane crash, but he was, he was coming back for a, he was training for a comeback against Ingmar Johansson. And when Johansson lost, uh, to Floyd Patterson, he decided, ah, I don't want to fight Patterson and, 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 and canceled his comeback. So there are a couple examples, but I think John Jones would probably be number one considering his record and his age. Yeah. What an unbelievable shame that would be. 
Um, and speaking of shames, you know what would be a shame? If you're walking around with anything less than the smoothest balls in town. Don't ever do that. Get the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0, the latest and greatest in grooming technology, the best grooming tool on the market in the world. You've got the 7,000 RPM of pure ball shaving power. You've got the skin safe technology, so you never cut yourself with that ceramic braid. The 4.0 comes with all sorts of different guards, so you can have all sorts of texture uh, all over your junk if you like. It also comes, the performance package 4.0 comes with the Weed Whacker, which is the best nose hair trimmer on the market. It also comes with the Crop Preserver, ball deodorant so you can put that on in the morning and smell nice and fresh the crop reviver toner which is like a mid-game check so you smell good all the time everywhere the performance box of briefs so you got some fresh undies and the shed travel bag to carry it all together uh so you can be mobile and uh, you know shave your balls <laughs> wherever you are get the 20 percent off that they are offering right now 20 percent discount with the code submission save some money shave your balls that's the key to life, isn't that right, Dennis? That's right, man. That is money in the bank. And you know what else is money in the bank? The money that all the people made who signed up to my bookie with the promo code submission. If you guys missed out on that up to $1,000 bonus on your first deposit, don't worry. There is still time. There are still big fights coming up. Go to my bookie today. Use that promo code submission. Get up to $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And guys, if you haven't had a chance either, check out our new friends at Matchpoint because they basically tell you exactly where you can find a pub near you that is definitely going to be showing the fights. Matchpoint lists all the pubs and bars that are showing sports near you. It doesn't have to be fighting. It can be all the best sports out there. You go on the website. There is a link in the description. You guys just click that, and that would show you where the UFC 265 fights were. Take note for future UFC cards because there is a lot to gain from the Matchpoint app. Click the link and download the app today. Yeah, that's right. Times are tough. So if you don't want to be paying 50, 60 bucks to watch a pay-per-view, go to the pub, watch it for free, go with your buddies, have some beer and some wings, and Matchpoint will help you. The best and nearest pubs close to you, you've got your pick of the entire town. You can check out reviews, check out if they've got any deals, click on the link, and then it'll show you a map or go to your navigation on your phone. It'll take you straight there from our good friends at Matchpoint. That's right. But Jimmy, I also want to give a shout out to Aldo, man. What a performance and really showing us that he's found a time machine somewhere or some kind of special <laughs> way to stay in the pot. I mean, looked as good as always and excited to see what happens for him next. But Jimmy, I want to get your thoughts on Vicente Luque as well before we let you go. And that is the fact that he was able to put that DAS choke on Michael Chiesa, finish the fight in that fashion. He's got an impressive record. I mean, beating Tyron Woodley, he is a real problem in the division. The real question, though, is what do you think is next for him? Where does he go from here? Well, the good news is Kamaru Hoosman is just chewing down opposition. He's just mowing down everybody. So should he get past Covington, which I think he probably does, we might see Vicente Luque simply because he's just recycling opponents. It's like, okay, when you look at the top five, he's beating everybody. You know, beat Gilbert Burns. He beat um, Jorge Masvidal. He beat... Uh, Colby Covington and beat Masvidal twice. Would it be Covington twice? What, you get Burns again? Vicente Luque just may be the guy who's on the outside, hasn't fought the champ yet, maybe on the streak necessary to sneak in there and get the opportunity. He could certainly do that. Um, and Jose Aldo, it was funny. He showed enough that that he looked sharp and quick and, and the late kick was good. 
he wasn't the fire breathing animal he once was. So the problem is that this division is so good. 135, I put it second to 155 in terms of depth of divisions at, in, in the UFC that um, the problem is that it's going to be hard to beat anybody above him. He's ranked fifth right now. Probably doesn't go any higher. Um, the guys above him are murderers. And it's it's I don't see him being those guys. So great performance, uh, you know, great stuff. Can, can he really advance? I don't know at 135. It's, it's a very tough division. Yeah, the UFC kind of doesn't really do these legend versus legend fights much anymore. They're usually trying to feed the the older guys to the younger guys. Uh, but as, as a hypothetical, how would you feel about a Dominic Cruz versus Jose Done. Aldo fight? Done. Take my money. I'd love to see it. Yeah. I'd the movement versus it. the leg yeah. kicks. What's up? The, the footwork versus the leg kicks. Oh, yeah. It'd be great. It'd be great. And then, you know, also, you know, uh, Jose Aldo had really nice – Type sharp combinations for sure. So uh, it's it, that would be the fight to make because I just don't see although you know getting. You know, we saw what happened against Peter Yan. I don't think Alzheimer Sterling's any different. Corey Sanhagen, T.J. Dillashaw. That's your top four. Killer, 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 killer. Right. So I, I don't think he gets past any of those guys. So hey, have that legends fight. Make some money. Have some fun. That's what I'd love to see Jose Aldo do. Mm. Last one from uh, from us, Jimmy, and then we'll let you go because I know it's super late there. Rafael uh, Fiziev, what did you make of him? I know he got a little bit tired towards the end of the fight, and he kind of it was a close one against Bobby Green. Um, but what do you think about him as a prospect in the lightweight division? I love his style. I absolutely love it. The issue he's going to have is God, it's a slog through 155. You know what I mean? It's like you know what? What start Dan Hooker? Right? That guy is an absolute killer. Even though he's you know. Uh, been up and out in his last few fights. The guy's still absolutely unbelievable. So when you look at the top 10, you have Islam Makachev, RDA, you have just, even when you start getting in that fringe top 10, it's like, oh, they're all really, really, really good. So the step up past Bobby Green is going to be big. So it's almost like, you know, I know you guys are, are, are you know, from down under. I'm from L.A. where the, the, the shelf out in the ocean is like suddenly like this and boom, it is deep. <laughs> and I think that's 155. It's like, OK, Bobby Green. Whoop, and then it's OK. You want to be top 10? Here's an absolute savage with a ton of experience. So I love Fazeev and I love his style. Um but it gets so much harder right after this. His next fight's going to tell us a lot. Well, you can follow the man himself at Jimmy Smith MMA on Twitter. Um, of course, check him out on Unlocking the Cage on SiriusXM, UFC Fight Camp, and the voice of WWE Monday Night Rob. Dude, congratulations, by the way. We haven't had a chance to congratulate you. What an unbelievable, unbelievable gif, uh, gig for you. Um, you. You're doing so well, and uh, just so happy to see you in that position. It, it's just it's a perfect fit, Jimmy. It's a lot of fun, man. And so it's just like learning a totally n new sports entertainment genre. And it's been it's been awesome, man. It's been a lot of fun. Super happy for you, Jimmy. Thank you so much for your time, man. We'll let you go. Have a great night, Jimmy. Have a good one, guys.